You're listening to Steel City Music. Hey, uh, welcome to Steel City Music. I'm your host, Jamie Gunner-Smith, of course. And uh, joining me right now is an old friend of the uh, the show uh, from Cobalt Connects, Jeremy Freiberger. Hi, buddy. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to uh, set up the Zoom call uh, that we're having this afternoon, of course. And it's it's, it's regrettable that I'm not up at... I mean, the last time you and I were, like, were in the studio together, we were hanging out at... Uh, uh, 101.5 uh, on my Friday edition of the show and uh, the, back when it was the Hawk and we used to do the whole Friday thing, come on up, talk about what's going on with Cobalt Connects and Hamilton Winterfest. And well, we're doing the Zoom thing for now, yeah. uh, but it's good yeah. to see your lovely face. Likewise. Yeah. You look good. You look, you look healthy. Well, I, I'm glad it looks that way. <laughs> well, you're not healthy. You got, you got a oh, nice big giant banana colored uh, hoodie on. You got the cap on. You're looking distinguished. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I got my Are hat you, on. You look like a man who's like, you know, got the chicken on the go. What we say back in the nineties, like you're busy. Chicken on the go. That's what we used to call it. It's like, listen, I, I can only do two things. I can only talk to you really briefly. Right now I got this, I got some chicken on the go. That's what we used to say. Oh, I see. Like my, you're a busy cooking chicken. I've never yeah, heard like you To us, it meant that you were busy. So right. you look like you got the chicken on the go. Cause then you're, you're in the middle on. of the, you're about a week away or two weeks away from launching. Well, you've already launched the magazine, the website, but <laughs> Hamilton Winterfest from February 2nd to the 20th. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming up really fast. And uh, that's why I'm glad that we had this chance to talk. Yeah. Last year, we were, we, we, when you were doing it, of course, we were in the middle of the, the COVID thing, the second, seventh, I don't know how many whatever. rounds of COVID, yeah. whatever. I don't know. And you got and you did this thing on the mountain with with Akmar. You had these giant uh, see through igloo installations. There was giant inflatables, and uh, and there was outdoor concerts. And you had uh, different things going on around the city. This year, you're doing the same thing, but you pushed it all towards downtown Jackson Square. Yeah, we we made a big shift this year. Akmar, I mean, I love Akmar, and Akmar was was fun last year just to get to animate that space, but. It's it has its challenges as a heritage site. There's not a lot of power. There's no heat in the building, things like that that were too expensive to overcome, but were really taxing on our staff and our volunteers and artists. So this year we wanted to try something different. And and I always tell everybody like we co-produced this festival with the city of Hamilton. And when we got the contract five years ago, we went to Montreal and went and visited a couple of winter festivals there because Montreal does winter right. And um, learned a lot. And I would say this year is the closest we've gotten to executing like the vision that we've always had in the back of our heads for where this festival should go. So Jackson, yeah, I mean, I've I've worked in and out of Jackson Square my whole arts career. There used to be whole sections of the mall that were nonprofit sure. offices. And I did Shakespeare on the roof with Hamilton Urban Theater and and lots of other folks have done stuff like the HPOs performed up there. There have been Concerts up there, I think, like through through Baylog for like 20 years on the roof. I think Concrete Canvas did its first iteration up there decades ago. And so we went to the mall and said, here's a crazy idea. Can we do it on the roof of your mall? And pitched them a whole list of things, expecting them to say no to half of it. And they said, yeah, let's do all of that stuff. And, That's great. Uh, and here we are. Yeah, like they've been Jackson Square folks like Allison and Sandy and everybody have been really amazing um with like engineers and electrical and their their security staff and all sorts of stuff so they've been really really helpful and it's letting us put on what i think is going to be a pretty amazing looking festival so i think it's it, it's a uh... I'm 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 really looking forward to it because I, I've seen the type of work that that goes into this uh, over the years, and I'm really happy that you went to Montreal to learn 
as you say, from the experts, because they have been doing that for such a long time that any kind of obstacle that they've run into, they, they have that ability to figure it out and you just get all that knowledge right away. But there's a difference between Jackson Square and Akmar, as you said, like, okay, there's, it's, it, it's the, it's, it's the location of everything from traffic, but there's also a lot of traffic in downtown Hamilton. So the getting to and from uh, the more of a central location in downtown Hamilton where Jackson Square, it's on a main bus route and it's, it's interconnecting. Yeah. And that was a big part of it for us was, uh, you know, again, Akmar was fun, but we had to like build a barrier so that people could get to it and there was no parking on site. So they had to park at the hospital. Like this year we've got, you've got underground parking, you've got surface level parking lots all over the place. You've got every bus route in the city goes by within a block or two. Um, and, and it's, and it's close for loads of people just to walk to, you know, like if you live in Durand or whatever, you can walk to Jackson square. Um, and then there are people that are naturally going to Jackson square every day, whether it's up in the office towers or in the retail that we know are regularly going to that space. So it's a known space, easy to market where it is and super easy to get to. And, and the other huge benefit of it is that the rooftop of them all is all like concrete and brick and stuff. So we're never going to be dealing with like, oh, that area is flooded <laughs> or, oh, yeah. or whatever. And it's fully accessible. So there are elevators so that everybody can get up there. We're building a wheelchair ramp um, or accessible ramp so that everybody can get up to the same level where the stage is and stuff. So it's uh, I think it's going to be a more accessible on a number of fronts space for so many people. That's uh, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm happy to hear about the the accessibility factor as well going into it because it, it does make things a lot easier. Uh, but let's get right into it. Um, you had the challenges from last year, and then now you have this the, this new arena to to try things out. Um, what's what, what's what's the deal? What should we know about? Because yeah, we have free concerts. There's food vendors. There's ice skating. Ice skating. Ice skating. There used to be an ice rink in the mall I, the nineties. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was on that ice rink. There you go, man. Well, it's time to come back. Like we, uh, ice skating's gotten really popular again, and we wanted to do some things that were kind of playing with the Jackson Square nostalgia. And uh, so we said we got to try and bring the ice rink back. So we just got our building a permit approved yesterday. So the ice rink is a go. And yeah, so we'll have like a sixty-five by thirty foot ice rink up on the roof of the mall. We've got a company there that's going to rent skates and helmets so that you can come on out. And the Hamilton Oshawa Port Authority is the big sponsor of that. And so thanks to them, we now own a giant ice rink that we can deploy anywhere we go with Winterfest in the future. So that's awesome. Now, yeah. did you, you know, there's there's so many different types of questions I can ask about, you know, how did you put this together? How did you put together that together? But to me, having to make those cold calls and emails, like how does one build an ice rink? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, yeah. like we don't know. Like, I, I mean, geez, I no idea. Yeah. Jeremy, you and I and others yeah. are just like going, I wonder what it's like to drive that Zamboni, but I don't know what it's like to build an ice rink. Yeah. So, I mean, there, thankfully there are these, you know, like backyard ice rink folks for decades have been building them and a handful of companies have come together to find like to make modular ones. So this one comes to us in a box with like all the boards and the liner and all this sort of stuff. And it's like Lego. It goes together. We get a hose, we fill her up. That's it. But whereabouts on, on, on Jackson Square are you going to, is it going to be placed? So if you come up the King and James stairs, that's sort of like the stairs most people know, um, there the rooftop kind of does a bend around to the left. Sure. Um, right where like the back door of the cinema is. Right. Basically. Yep. So if you come out that back door under the roof, 
right there is going to be a giant ice rink. And I'm assuming maybe I shouldn't um, the stage for the actual for the bands to perform this year. Is that like traditionally where the where the 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 stages has been for the last 20, 25 years upon that like that type of grassy area? Yeah. So there's like that raised up grassy area where there's a, like a 20 by 15 gazebo sort of structure. And so part of our building permit that got approved uh, was to build the OLG stage where we're enclosing that whole thing in walls. But the front side is going to be plexiglass so that you can see the artists that are performing inside, but they get to stay warm. Their gear gets to stay warm and dry and no rain. Um, and then we've got, um, thankfully, through a big grant from the Trillium Foundation, we've just bought a whole bunch of new sound gear and lights. So we'll be able to make that box bounce and glow and and uh, move with the music. So it should be quite fun. You kind of did that last year um, with the, the Igloo ship, yeah. Yeah, with the igloos, that was sort of our first experiment with keeping our artists warm. Right. And we decided that's now a must. So uh, so no igloo. We already had a little box to play with, so it was easier for us just to augment the stage that's up there and make it more hospitable. But the mall's done some fit, fit out on it, and there's some new electrical and stuff, and so it'll be a nice, stable home for uh, all of our performers, both the music and theater folks that are going to use it, and the drag folks. How does that work with um, with the art installations and murals? Will you be do, will some of them be outdoors, or will there just be specific places within within the mall to see, or various locations? Yeah, so it's a mixed bag. So um, we have one piece that's inside. So at the the Bay Street entrance to the mall, if you if people know that space, if they're going to like where the Oak Cafe was or up to the where the ice rink used to be, there's like a huge tower there that's open. Mm-hmm. So We've commissioned uh, Hitoko Okoda, Okoda um, who's uh, a local artist of all different types. Um, she's creating a piece that will actually be hanging in that tower in there. So a nice big piece to greet you as you enter the mall. And then however you make your way up to the roof of the mall, there's piles of different ways. There'll be 22 different pieces on the roof of the mall all outside. So everything from large scale sculpture to light boxes, murals. We've got a neon piece coming in from Montreal. We've got this super cool piece from a group called Cino Cosme um, from France. That's like this interactive bond, digital bonfire. So as more people gather around the bonfire, the crazier the lights get, and it responds to people being near it. So um, the public oh. will really make it make it burn. <laughs> Crazy. So <laughs> the cl- yeah, but the closer you get to it, it, it there's like a, has a sensor to pick up. It's yeah, it's got, body it's got ten sensors that picks up things being close to it. They're, they're called proximal sensors. So as more people gather into the area of the bonfire, it's like, oh, there are more people here. It'll make the light show do something different in the fire. That's awesome. I can't wait yeah. to see that. Now, did you, now, I'm not being a goof here, but did you pick and choose when you went to the Montreal, like, oh, I want to get something like that? Or did you did you contact any Montreal artists say, hey, we no, that was, I mean, that was like five years ago that we did that visit. And it was more about us wanting to see like what kind of work are they presenting? Is it physical work? Is it interactive work? Is it video? What is it? And then with those kinds of pieces, like how were the public viewing them? Was it just like stand in the street corner and look at it? Or was it interactive or, um, you know, like all those different ways people can interact with something. So we kind of wanted to see like, how did they lay out the the city? Cause you, it's all kind of in the downtown core and then how did they engage the buildings and spaces that were available to make that happen? So, you know, like working with the folks at Jackson Square, we're getting to use walls and old fa- old water fountains and roofs and whatnot to display art in different ways. So it's it really just informed us how 
people move about in the winter and how they use the art to get you from one place to the next and keep you moving and keep you interacting. That's a, over time, that's something that you have to gauge, I believe with like metrics and data. Absolutely. Like, like, okay. So is this, how is the, you just said like, how is this people being engaged with it? So how do you measure something like that? So, I mean, there are a bunch of different ways that we measure traffic, you know, like we, we measure piles of stuff online before people get to the festival to see what they're responding to. And then um, we've had to like bake into the festival ways for people to interact. So whether that's having QR codes on the signs about each artist that say, if you want to learn more about Jason Berg's work, go follow this QR code to his bio and we'll be able to track how many people do that. We've got a, a sponsor, the printing house, that's doing a whole pile of printing for us, but they wanted to do something interactive as well. And you might remember some of the stuff we did like during Supercrawl at like the CBC office, those interactive murals and things. Right. Yep. So we'll have a, an interactive um, mural-based piece that the public will participate in. And based on how they participate, it tells us some data about them. So we'll track it through that. And then we track things like, you know, hot chocolate sales and stuff like that. But then a lot of it is honestly, it's, it's me and the the producing team spending time at the festival, just people watching. Like we're going to see where are their bottlenecks, how many people go do what kind of thing. Is this thing really popular with kids or are our seniors afraid of this thing or whatever? And, and we'll learn, you know, so a lot of it's just like our eyes and ears on site at the event, learning from how people sure. use the space. Feedback from staff. But is there yeah. a way of incentivize, incentivizing? Am I saying that correctly? Incentivizing? Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the interaction, like if you yep. go to this, 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 you get a chance to win this, this, and this. Totally. So like we've got a contest going this year. We've got a couple of different things. So we have a thing called Winter Sweepstakes, uh, where we've got uh, three amazing prizes. The first one is a guitar by Chad Cam, who's known as Winterbilt Guitars. His guitars are absolutely stunning. Yep. They've you know gone on tour with people like the Red Hill Valleys and with Max Kerman. Um, so he's, we purchased a guitar from Chad. That's a prize. So it's like a $4,500 guitar. Now, There's, how did you, how did you end up meeting him? Like, what uh, was that? It, it's quite, quite honestly, it's like his name has winter in it. And so does ours. <laughs> and I was like, I, so I found him on Instagram and I was like, my God, that's beautiful. And his studio, it used to be in the, the cotton factory, which, you know, I was a part of. So sure. I always love seeing what's going on there. So we went over to his studio and spent some time chatting and, and came up with a game plan, you know, so um, so there's that, there's a, an Apple gift card for 350 bucks. And then there's a gift card for a company called Neontology, which builds like custom neon signs. So if you win, you get 500 bucks to make whatever neon sign you want. You can have it in your house or your business or on your front lawn or whatever you want to do with it. But you get to make your own, your own piece of Winterfest art that you take home. That's, uh, that, that sounds great. And then like, you know, you, other ways we do it, like you can buy a hot chocolate on site for two bucks or... You can scan a QR code while you're in line and tell us your postal code and then your hot chocolate's free. So like, we don't want your name and your email address and stuff. I just want to know where you came from. That tells me as a producer so much about audience habits and uh, and whether our marketing is landing in certain communities or not, because we've advertised all over the place. So if I know that 5,000 people from Brampton showed up, that ad that I bought in that Brampton paper was totally worth it or whatever. You know. So those are the things that I'll be hunting for as we go through the festival uh, up on the roof. 
It's a lot of work. Uh, if you're just tuning in right now, you're listening to Steel City Music. I'm your host, Gunnar. My special guest right now is Jeremy Freiberger from Hamilton Winterfest, which will be happening here in Hamilton, Ontario on February 2nd through to the 20th of 2023. And we're talking about art installations. We're talking about ice skating. Um, we're talking about uh, a family day, free concerts, all those things that are happening. Um, uh, tell me about uh, putting together um, this uh, the free concerts this year. Uh, last year there was there was a lot of you had a lot of uh, different types of uh, music happening, and this year it's you're sticking to that same type of uh, track. But this year, this I year find it interesting. Sir, okay, that's so, yeah, salsa. So we, there's salsa. There is salsa, man. Salsa gets people moving. We want. I know it does, but in my brain, I'm like, if this guy thinks I'm going to get my winter coat. And, and get on top you of a rooftop. Salsa? Yeah. You're going to do it, Jamie. I know you are. Well, only if you can con Laurie into dragging me in to do it, but you know. That's who we're marketing to, so don't worry. We're not marketing okay. to you. <laughs> Yeah, sense. we wanted... So we took a really different approach to music this year. Like in previous years, we've done... What a lot of festivals do is, you know, like a different act on a different stage every 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. And um, it created, like, as much as we love all those musicians... That was that was one way of doing music. So this way we, year we decided to do something different, where we commissioned a local artist, Douglas Tewksbury, to actually compose a soundtrack for the festival. So Douglas is an ambient um, music artist, a really beautiful, beautiful work, and he's now created this new hour-long piece that will be playing on a series of speakers throughout the entire rooftop, so that everyone has this same soundtrack going on. And then, um, so that's sort of like we think aligns the music and the visual art you're going to see into one experience instead of it being different kinds of music all the time. And then we program some special nights throughout the throughout the week, uh, the 10 days where we've got concerts. So on the opening night, we've got uh, Luis Franco, Worldwide Salsa, really well known in the Toronto salsa scene, you know, like the salsa on the Danforth or Salsa St. Clair, whichever one it is. Um, he's a staple there. Um, he's bringing like a six or eight piece band with horns and the whole business and we're going to get people moving on opening night uh so it's like come out grab a hot chocolate do some dancing check out some art and have a good time and then the second night uh we really wanted to profile a pile of female musicians in hamilton um and uh, we've wanted to book jasmine for a number of years so jasmine burke formerly of weaves i uh, just love her sound so much i think it's so playful and exciting right. and her new album's really beautiful so we paired her up with uh, Bernadette Connors, who I met through doing the Hamilton Music Conference with the city. That's and, that's the same time I met her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I just like loved her sound, love her energy. She's so positive and and a go getter. And then Heather Valley last year, we booked Heather Valley for Winterfest last year, but she sadly got COVID. And so we were like, we owe you a gig. Yeah. Uh, we want to get you back out. So, and we love Heather. I think she's super awesome. So we just said, let's do a whole night of, of female musicians from Hamilton and show what, uh, what the ladies are rocking. It, uh, I, I, it's, it looks like it's, uh, I was listening to some of Jasmine's material and I was just like, I was like, it, it was off centering and upbeat for me to listen to. And what I mean by that off centering, yeah. because a lot of times when I listen to music, I'll get stuck in this one groove, that sort of thing, right? And then I, I flipped hers on. I went, oh, this is actually, this is like, it was really upbeat. And it was like, this is really cool. And then, I, of course, with Bernadette, I interviewed her and I did the, uh, what was like the Ham last year, Hamilton. Musicians Conference. Music yeah. Conference. And uh, that's how I met her. And then I interviewed her later on. And uh, she's like, 
so cool and and like wanting to make something of herself here in Hamilton because she's she's from out of town and he's like this was like a fresh start for her first for her to come in here and then start to make some headway it was nice to see the positivity in that and you're absolutely right you owed her the valley a gig because she's (laughs) because the poor girl got covid yeah and i was just like that i think all of us are owed a gig after last year and the year before everybody's owed a gig yeah <laughs> everyone's i think everyone's owed something and and they can probably have they, they should be able to have a lot of fun coming out to hamilton winterfest um there's another thing i'd like to talk about is the uh, the magazine portion sure um okay COVID happens you run off all these magazines a couple years ago that doesn't happen and then now you're you're you, you do it digitally online um this may be the best magazine i've seen in some time online wow thank you and and here are the reasons why it's so easy to use yeah i went on it and it wasn't like oh you got to hover this over here to read this corner of it's like no no just one slide bar turn the page reset and you could it just feels like a magazine you just turn the page makes the little page sound i know i was i was totally impressed by that (laughs) I was it's, like, all right. Like it was, it was definitely like, you know, when you talk about these COVID pivots, that was a pivot for us of like, uh, not last year, but the year before was one of like the most painful things I've ever had to do as a producer. And that we like our design team at Unicorn Rebellion did an amazing job making the magazine. We sent it off to the printer, the printer printed it. And then the COVID rules changed. And there was so much content in the magazine that everyone felt was contrary to the, the rules that it literally went from the printer right to the recycling center. I didn't even see a physical copy myself. I was like, I don't, if I can't send it out, I don't want anyone to see it. That's right. It was like $30,000 just like down at, you know, in a dumpster. So I'm super jazzed that this year, A, that, that Chris and Jared and the team at Unicorn have done such an amazing job on designing it. And then with Flip Snack being such an easy tool for the online thing, it means that all different types of people from an accessibility standpoint can access that content. But it also means like we send out 50,000, there are 200 and some odd thousand homes in Hamilton. I can't get to every house, but I can still get you the same content digitally, but whether it's social media or the website or whatever, we're hoping that piles of people look at it and enjoy that. And there there are little pieces in the interactive magazine, the digital one that aren't in the paper one. So you can go watch videos of the different musicians. There's stuff that if you click on, you can win prizes, stuff like that. So there's an incentive to go check out that that digital one as well. I, yeah, I was, uh, I was perusing through it the other day. I'm like, this is put together really well. I, I was enjoying it. And I was Thank also you. the fact that as I confided in you before I even started this interview, how much I hate technology sometimes <laughs> and how much I love it. Cause I'm over here all flustered trying to get something to work over here, but that's always been the story of steel city music. Everything's okay until mm, record time. Um, yeah. So once again, we should, I'd like to talk a little, just a little bit more about uh, people going to the website. Go to hamiltonwinterfest.ca. Um, there's the winter sweepstakes. Um, I think it was two weeks ago. I actually sent out some stuff that, hey, you know, this is happening. And, uh, you know, go to the, enter the winter sweepstakes, get a chance to win a guitar, get a chance to win the other prizes. How are things going now? Like are people start, are, is it still there that, that algorithm of everyone sharing on the internet? Oh, oh yeah, it's going like we're over a thousand entrants already on the winter sweepstakes. So that's fantastic. Our goal is probably I'd love to hit 5,000. That'd be amazing. Right. Uh, 
again, it's it's audience data for me to know sort of where people are at. But I also I I'm thrilled that that many people want one of Chad's guitars because they're gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> so no, they, it's a great it's a it's a great package. But on my end is is just, I'd like to see it hit five thousand just because it just to me it just shows progress that people are following what yeah. people are doing in Hamilton. Right. It's so. tricky with the contest because people don't really want to share it. They, they they want their entry to be the only one. They don't want 10,000 people to enter. But they're well, yeah. anyway. <laughs> That's true. No, no, I never. We might, I didn't. Have, uh, we might have a couple of special guests over the next couple of weeks come into the studio and play some songs on the guitar you could win. Uh, some folks that your audience would know, James. Um, so th those might start popping up in your social feeds. So maybe we'll see oh, some great. Hamilton celebrity musicians come in and do some uh, some bits on the guitar you could win. Don't let Tom Wilson touch it. Um, <laughs> we joke, we kid. Um, hey, uh, two, a couple other uh, things that are happening as well on your signature events. Um, a return of a Levity Comedy Club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Levity is a piece that thankfully we haven't lost through all of these things. Um, so, but they're they're always quick to sell out, and Patrick does an amazing job pulling in some great talent. So he's got a real interesting mixed bag of people uh, this year, which is great. And so, yeah, tickets are available on their website, and those will sell out quickly. So I I definitely encourage people to hop on and and uh, buy those earlier because you've got um, who is it? Sandra Battaglia is one of them. She's kind of like a a, a comedy queen in this country. So mm -hmm. I'm really thrilled that Patrick's pulled in some. Some really heavy hitters, so it's great. Cool. And who doesn't want to laugh in the middle of winter? Yeah, so, Ray, whatever. Go laugh. Go have a well, drink, I, I, get some nachos, and laugh. Well, their their specialty is wings. That's their right. specialty. Oh. Yeah. Um. Also, Hamilton Fashion Week. Yeah, Hamilton. Fa I mean, Hamilton Fashion Week. Ken Bueller and the team that run that have been doing it for a number of years. And last year, their like their big runway show landed during Winterfest dates. So it was the first year that we could help promote a little bit. And uh, they did a really, they, they had their best audience ever. They had like 400 people out for the show. And so this year they're back at the music hall. And um, so we've come on as a sponsor of that because we really want to push that side of things. Uh, love the audience that comes out of Fashion Week. And it, and it's just a, it's another pool of artists that often don't get supported in the festival scene. Um, so we really want to make sure that we had a part in that. So we've given them a bit of money to work with and we're really pushing their, their show. And it always generates this like, onslaught of amazing photos on Instagram and Twitter and stuff because piles of photographers go and document the night. Um, so I think it's just a, like there's so many disciplines involved in a fashion show. You know, mm -hmm. like there's folks that make the fashion, there's the models themselves, there's photographers, there's videographers, there's so many creative people involved. We really wanted to get behind that and start building up, uh, helping them build up what they're already doing really well. So, And you also have Frostbites. Tell us about Frostbites. Yeah, so Frostbites is a cool one. So Frostbites is run by the Hamilton Fringe Festival Company, the same folks that do the big summer festival. But they they developed Frostbites a number of years ago, and it's gone through a handful of different transitions of like what model would work for them. And so this year they're out. Uh, they're at two locations: Theater Aquarius and I believe the Bernie Custis uh, Recreation Center. And it runs for a number of days. I think it's the fifteenth to the twentieth, and it's a a theater festival, but the Frostbites one is always different in that it engages different kinds of theater makers, often those that are kind of in a community practice. So they're showing and creating theater with members of the public. And so I, that's my guess is what you'll get to see out of Frostbites this year is something where you actually, as a as an audience member, get to participate in some making, um, which will be really quite fun. 
So I'm excited to see what they come up with this year. And it's another one where we know how hard it is as another winter festival to get winter festival programming money. So again, we give them a little bit, a little nugget of money to help um, help them build what they build. And, but they do all of the amazing creating part. So uh, it takes money to, uh, to do anything in this world. We know that. And uh, yeah. this year you have many sponsors. We do. We've been really lucky this year. The like the and the corporate community, from what I've seen from other festival folks, has has stayed pretty true to supporting festivals even through the weirdness we went through the last couple of years. But we got a huge grant from FedDev Ontario this year, five hundred thousand dollars towards building all these uh, amazing art pieces on the roof. Um, TD Bank has come on as a big sponsor. Uh, Hopa Ports in Layuna have stuck with us. And continued. The Chamber of Commerce has been super helpful this year, um, helping us bring on some other folks. Uh, OLG has grown with us. Um, they've been with us for a number of years, but this year they grew to be our stage sponsor up on the roof. So that's super awesome. And then you get folks like the Downtown BIA and the Printing House and Fabricland and others like that that are sponsoring specific pieces up on the rooftop, which has helped give those projects just that other little nugget of money that helps you do it like really, really well. And so, yeah, so we're super thankful to all the folks that have stepped up and sponsored lots of pieces in the festival this year, along with all the media sponsors, Mohawk College included. So, yeah, you get the spectator seat, CH, uh, 900 CHML, Energy 95.3 and Y108. Yes. So you, you got pretty much everything covered and Go Transit, apparently. Yeah. So Go Transit came on again as like a sort of a trade sponsor where they're putting um, features about Winterfest in their newsletter that goes out to like hundreds of thousands of Go Transit users and uh, in turn to encourage audience from outside Hamilton. So that's where like, you know, to Niagara, Oakville, Burlington, Toronto, Brampton, who are people that have been showing up to our festival to actually use the Go Transit weekend pass because you can get right into the West Harbor station. No, like super easy. And your weekend pass lets you go back and forth like as many times as you want. Um, or if you're picking a day, you get a day pass that lets you go in and out of town whenever you like. So it's just a nice environmentally friendly and easy way to come into town. Well, it, it looks like it's uh, it, for going on the website, checking things out. Um, I didn't enter the sweepstakes because I think if I win, it'll it, someone say it's rigged. So I didn't <laughs> enter. Man. You know, not going not gonna to do that to you. But all of this, this is... When we talk about these things uh, um, over the years, it you know you do all this research, you put your team together, you have to hire a team, you have to put a call out to, to hire a team. Who is who is new this year um, to uh, the Hamilton Winterfest team? Um, lots of people. Um, so so last year, Steve DiPiante, who's our production manager, was hired in December. <laughs> yeah, like, it's that's not cool. So I'm going to consider Steve new. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's awesome. Steve's really like, we're at the point in the festival where kind of like the admin side of the table kind of hands things over to the production side of the table and say like, it's your problem now. Right. We're, we're off marketing stuff, but we've made all the choices about the art and whatever. And now it's his job to keep making things. So, so Steve has a team of people working with him right now. We've got Ryan Barwin and Savannah Green, who's here um, helping build stuff in our studio. We also have uh I don't know, 10 different shops, other people's shops in Hamilton that are building stuff for the festival for us um, from like printers to sign makers to people that are building installations for some of the artists that live far away. They're building them here. And then the artists will show up and do the fine tuning and stuff. 
Um, so lots of new folks on that front. And then we've got Stephen Hilliard um, has joined my side of the table on the admin side as our assistant producer. Folks would know Stephen from like the world of Adam and Steve, a lot of the drag right. performances and stuff. Basically, I would say Stephen's been one of those pivotal people in building up that drag scene in Hamilton. Um, so he's actually brought, you know, a drag night, Frost, the Frost Queens to the rooftop as well um, for performance. We've chatted about some maybe fun ways we're going to make that interactive for people. Sure. Uh, so it's been great having another set of eyes and ears that are really in tune with the, like the bigger picture of the event um, in our building. Steven's right over there um, working hard for us because it helps take the pressure off of me. Um, but it, it also just helps us like tighten up those little bits that in previous years, I'd be like, I don't know, I'm spent. I have no idea what's going on with that. <laughs> having someone else at the table who's good at those little bits really makes the big difference for what the public sees when they show up. So um, the most in any of these events that I've ever been a part of over the years or, and or putting any things together, it's great that you have a producer. It's great that you have a, a team put together, but there's one key role. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're like the best, but they kind of have to be the best in this role is the volunteer coordinator. Volunteers. Coordinator. Jillian is literally at Mohawk college right now doing more recruiting and um, so Jillian's back with us for a second year, which is so good because it means she knows what we're doing. Um, and, and we had, a, we had a meeting just this morning because as a producer, as you get closer to the deadline date of real life, you start to freak out about things. And quite honestly, like less than a week ago, we only had like 25 volunteers signed up. As of this morning, we have like 110. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so where I wanted, you, that's great. You know? Cause that's where I wanted to go with this is because you know, even though we're talking about an event that doesn't start until February 2nd, it doesn't mean you can't have more people volunteering because oh, no. Always I mean, more. you and I have been sitting here talking 20 minutes about it. And we're like, we're both of the same mindset. We've done this stuff before. You're still currently doing it now, but you always need people who have a passion and interest in what they're doing. So there, to me, there's always a call out for volunteers. So oh, how right. does, so we go to the website, we click on the volunteer. Yeah, go to the website, click on volunteer. There's a little form you can fill out in a blue box that's just like your name and when you're available and what you're interested in doing. Uh, and it tells you a bit more about what volunteers can do at the festival. So it's everything from the coveted job is the hot chocolate booth because everyone loves being in charge of the hot chocolate, uh, which is great. But it's also like this year, we've got some volunteers that'll help with the people on the ice rink. We've got um, an amazing space that Jackson Square has given us. So last year... Akmar was beautiful, but the building we were in had no running water, no toilets, and barely any electricity, and it was freezing cold. This year, we've got like this 3,000 square foot indoor space with lots of washrooms and private offices. Okay. And so the volunteers are going to like, if you volunteered with us last year, I'm sorry, come back this year. And we've got like the Cadillac of, of volunteer spaces for you. But if you fill out that form online, then Jillian will get back to you and sort of figure out what you're into, how, when you want to be involved and how much time you've got. And she'll plug you into the schedule and you can be part of the magic, which would be super great. I like how you always like acknowledge things that were painful. Yeah. For people. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not like other people I talk to or we ever see in an interview that like they sugarcoat it, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, these things happen. You're like, no, nah, it was cold, man. It was rough. You know, it was rough. 21 days up there. Like when you get you get wet boots at Winterfest in, in that environment. I actually think that's not going to be a huge issue this year because we're up on concrete again. But right. Uh, as soon as your boots or your gloves get wet. Oh, it sucks. You have to be able to go somewhere to get warm. Yeah. 
And last year, we did not have that for people, whether it was our volunteers or our artists or our staff. And that killed me every day. And so this year we were like, we got to we got to find a place where people can get that 20 minute warm up before they go back out for the next round of their shift or no one's ever going to volunteer with us again. <laughs> so, so we did it. We got it. And uh, it's going to be much, much better for all involved. And it has Wi-Fi, which is great. That's and and before we even started anything, we said you got to have good Wi-Fi to do anything. Got to have it, and this year we got it. Well, sir, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day, and uh, thank you. And uh, you got chicken on the go, so I'm gonna let you go. Uh, right on. All right, and uh, I guess I'll see you at the Hamilton Winters in Winterfest or somewhere sooner. Absolutely, man. Thanks, Gunner. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Steel City Music.